Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN, it's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Six. It is a Tuesday morning and it is going to be 34 degrees today. It does say we might get a bit of storm action later, but we're looking outside right now. It is a stunning day and sadly we are inside, but in the Toolkit Depot studio. Thanks to Frank Agostino and all the crew at Fleet Network. They are WA's Novated Leasing Specialists and they can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Scotty Cummings, good morning. You've got a crisp white shirt on yes. today. You happy with it? You okay? You okay with the... Mm. <laughs> that was convincing. Good morning, everybody. Really? Why don't you bring it on a hanger and just bring a normal shirt on and just uh, change into it? Because you sort of, you know, then it doesn't look like by the time you roll up to your first official meeting with your doesn't look business. Like I've been working already. Yeah, but okay. you've already spilt chalk milk on it. <laughs> Some sauce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I'm at the... Service station. <laughs> is that a roster? <laughs> I remember roster. Remember remember rosters? Yeah, yeah. You look in the window, it was dark, and you'd have to try and find, okay, Claremont, how far? Claremont, and then you'd look at your petrol tank. Have and I go, got enough? Have I got enough? Oh, but in those days, a roster station, you didn't have cars that tell you how many cars you had left. No. Oh, you had to you live, for the the thr- live for the thrill. <laughs> live for the thrill. 34 days. Yeah, going to be an absolute ripper today. Hey, ripper show coming up also. Big. What we think it is, Sam Naismith's going to join us. Now, he, he's a Sydney Swans ruckman, ex-Sydney Swan. 10 years for 30 games, three knee recons, played in the grand final in 2017, has links to WA. We're going to try and get into a WA club this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, 30 games in 10 years. You have to be an exceptional bloke, don't you? I mean, that, there's a that's a tick because they don't keep you around if, if average unit. Ashton Agar is going to join us too. He's heading to, in fact, he's going to Canberra, of yes. course, from Sydney. He didn't go down to Melbourne because there's the other third one day today. I don't know if you know, but there's a one day series on at the moment <laughs> between Australia and England. And two nil, it's two nil. Yeah. I know about it because it's two nil. Yeah, you can hear all the action on SEM with Jared Whateley and the crew. Uh, Ashton Agar is not heading to Melbourne. He's heading to Canberra to play in the Prime Minister's match. Tim Mitchell from BBL Supercoach. If you're putting together your KFC Supercoach cool. team, please make sure you wait. Listen to Tim. How are you going? Uh, well, he's blue. I tried to get a team under the radar, you yeah. know, as I you know, I am. Sneaky. Yeah, and he lifted the lid on us. I've had to almost go rebadge the whole team. <laughs> Stupid segment. And Jason Scrivener <laughs> is going to join us, of course, uh, Aussie golfer. Cool. And he is in Queensland for the PGA Championship and then the Australian Open. He's been back really? in Perth for a couple of weeks, so good to have Jason Scrivener. Your calls, your texts, your input, and we're here for the next couple of hours. an interesting question for you. Oh, well, I'll be the judge well. whether it's interesting or not. <laughs> Any, go ahead. 
Last night I had dinner with a former teammate and, like most of them, former opponent. <laughs> so when we were opponents, we really didn't like each other. Uh, it was a fullback, he had a twin brother. His name was Shane Wakeland. Oh, yeah. Didn't like each other at all. And every time we played on each other, there was a blue. There was a risk of a fine or suspension every single time. Yeah. Well, I got to Collingwood for pre-season training and he was on the other side of the group and I could, I could feel it. I could feel the looks. I'm, like, I'm not looking at him. I don't like him. He doesn't like me. We were forced to talk. One of the all-time great blokes. <laughs> Ripping bloke. Complete, I did a complete 180 and went, wow, he's a beauty, Wakes. is a beauty. So I want to ask people if they've met any of sports stars that they hated or they've hated a sports star and met him or listened to him or her and went, changed my mind completely. I've spun completely around. Do you have any players or people that you interviewed that you're going, I don't want to talk to this person, don't like them, don't like them, met them, spoke to them, went, oh, I was horribly wrong. Last I'm, not, I'm not expecting you to last say Last Thursday it. night, Mitch Creek. Oh. So the Wildcats played South East Melbourne's yes. Phoenix. Yes, yes, yes. And Mitch Creek was hanging around signing autographs and everyone else had left the stadium. Yeah. He walked over and I said, do you mind? Stuck the headphones on, had never met him, had preconceived ideas about him, spent the best 10 minutes on air with him and Hutchie sent me a message, said that that was the best interview with a losing sportsman he's heard in a long time. Fantastic. It was unreal. I watched, unreal. I watched Mitch Creek... Um, in a game, oh, I was over in Melbourne. It must have been, it must have been uh, one of the the derbies, and um, and again, same thing. It was the last one there signing autographs for all the kids. Hmm. So I enjoyed that. There. So there's a there's a there's a there fresh example there's of that. One. Now so there's people that you had this preconceived idea, hated them, met them, changed your mind completely. I have to convince people. I have to convince people that Ryan Crowley <laughs> is one of those blokes. <laughs> Ryan Crowley. Ballers would be in there too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Paul Medhurst might have been one as well. A lot of them preconceived. See, but, these small but Ryan Crowley, little... many people, oh, Ryan Crowley. Yet Ryan Crowley's one of the nicest blokes. Yep. And you can sit and talk to him all day. He sort of said he had to play that role. He wasn't always yep. comfortable, but he was going to get a game. That was the only role he could play. If he didn't play it, he was cool. Correct. So Ryan Crowley's another one. And, and again, you mentioned Hayden Ballantyne. He'd be mm. another as well. well. Shane Wakeland was right up there, and I'd get in the blue with him, and then his brother would come, Daryl, his twin, and then I'd forget which one I was fighting with. Any others um, for you? Well, I've got to tell you, I didn't really like Fraser Gary very much in a pre-season game where we tried to beat the living suitcase out of me. And that was changed very, very quickly within six to eight hours when we were out later on at Burswood Casino <laughs> and uh, had the all-time great night of my life and one of my best mates ever since. 13 12 55, give us a call on the Toolkit Depot open line or even better, text us on the Temper and Bedshed text line 0487 736 If you've got someone that you didn't quite yeah, think you've... was in, but you've had a chance to meet them, be or, in their or company. You, or, they've, or, they, or you've listened to them, yeah. they've done something, then you've done a 180 on them. Yep, let us know. I'd love to get some feedback there. Scotty and Goss, we are here thanks to Fleet Network. I want to play you this. This is a guy by the name of James Vandermart. Now, he's a Greyhound caller. Right. And here he is calling the Greyhounds to Relgan in Victoria yesterday. Ready? 
Racing. Al Fernandez stepped all right, got the lot about third away. Good pace underneath those runners. Dr. Buzz worked through and led. Going forward, Slim Shadow. So that's James Vandermark uh, calling the Greyhounds yesterday. Good call. Sounds like pretty normal. Yeah. Have a listen again to James Vandermark calling the Greyhounds yesterday. Terrelgan. Al Fernandez stepped all right, got the lot about third away. Good pace underneath those runners. Dr. Buzz worked through and led. Going really, really good game. Oh, I'm trying to find something wrong here. What's going on? Really I don't know. Where this is going. Oh, well, I'm going to well, tell you. It sounds a good call here. No, it's very and good Dr. call. Buzz got out there and all got away well. Have a listen to James Vandermark calling Terrelgan Greyhounds yesterday. Ready? Racing. Al Fernandez stepped all right, got the lot about third away. Good pace underneath those runners. Dr. Buzz worked through and led. Going forward, Slim Shadow, Jolene Bale next to the uh, anyway, pair there. That's We're James Vandermark calling doing? the Greyhounds yesterday. Yeah. Is right? he a friend of yours or something? No, trying, to pump, him, trying to pump him up? James Vandermark was driving to the uh, Terrelgan Greyhounds yesterday and hit two potholes, and his car became uh, inoperable, pulled over the side of the road, pulled into the Cranbourn pub. And went into the sports bar and called the whole meeting from the sports bar at the no. Cranbourne Hotel. I can't even hear a glass chink in the background or anything. Ready? Racing. Al Fernandez stepped all right. 120 the lot k's away, away calling the Greyhounds. It's not that hard to do. You're watching one screen and calling. And predominantly they do often call off screens as well. But he, he his car got damaged. He had all the gear. He plugged it all in. He sat in the sports bar with a TV and commentated <laughs> the whole meeting. From the Greyhounds. I tell you what. Pretty cool, eh? Well, I tell you what. Do you reckon do you reckon we could do that from the Camfield <laughs> next season? Uh, well, we did call for many years, didn't we? A lot of football on the, on the, on the boys, and that's really tough. That was really, really difficult. Yes. Hey, I've got some well, Tim great Gossip. Great effort for by you. him. Got some t- very good effort. Tim Gossip for you. What are you doing? Oh, he's up, he's dancing. Oh, come on, mate. The Wembley B Grade Football Club has a new coach. Are you coming back? Are you out of retirement? No. Oh, come on. No, I wasn't asked. I was asked to find one. Came Coop. up with a number of names and they you couldn't Coop get the deal done. Coops is not back. <sighs> dual premiership player, AFL at premiership Wembley? player. Oh, the dual premiership AFL. player. Yep. Yep. Has coached two waffle teams, league football. Muddy Waterman is coaching the. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Waterman. Chris Waterman is the new coach of the B-grade Wembley Football Club. And the way that his son Jake's playing at the moment, he could actually be lining up for Wembley. No, I'm only joking. That is not cool. Jackson Jackson Nelson. No, he's not available either. Uh, Josh Rott, no, because they all go down there. They all follow the Wembley Footy Club boys. Well, I saw Muddy at at the Wembley uh, when I was trying to get in and get free beers when Hayes and Marto were there. It was too late. And... um, he was, he's involved with the club, isn't he? Yeah, he, he was like involved. A, he was the football director. Footy football director. director, yeah. But Wembley has a football director. Oh, come on. Taking yourselves a bit seriously, Wembley. <laughs> Big great ammo. Need a football director. We've got plenty of money. We just don't, we're not very good Well, team. they just realised they don't need a football director. They needed a coach. And they've got an all-time great bloke. Yeah, Muddy Waterman. And it's interesting because Muddy was, in, was uh, and a couple of other boys were given the job of finding a coach. <laughs> Oh, this, and, got, this has got Grant Thomas all over it. Yeah, no, who's the other bloke? Um, no, it was the bloke from Essendon. Wasn't it the bloke from Essendon who was get, trying to find the CEO and he ended up becoming the yeah. CEO? He lasted yeah. a day. Yeah. That was him. He, the guy Thorburn, from Nad. Andrew Thorburn. Thorburn. <laughs> he was given the job was, of finding the Essendon CEO. He walked in day one and gone, <laughs> found him. <laughs>
found him. Yeah. I have got the, the most extraordinary him. candidate you've ever seen. I've done, just... I've done my due diligence on him. There's nothing to see here. His name is me. Yeah. Anyway, so Chris Waterman is the coach. So uh, if you're looking for – if you can play footy and you're looking to uh, get coached by a bloke who's won a couple of premierships and yep. coached and, uh, waffle teams. And cracking bloke. Yeah, ripping fella. He He'll calls for this. Down. It is too, buddy. He just – Calls it. No sugar cane. He, he certainly does. Anyway, so there's a bit of Tim Gossip for you. Hey, let's Good get a start. break away and come wow. back on this day, not too far away. Any good? Ah, uh, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only being. I'm only, yeah, only being calling how it's. Yeah, that's okay. Sometimes the howlers are the good ones because we get to really take the Mickey out of you. What's that saying? Undersell, over deliver. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm, I'm trying to promise. Do. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm the king. Hey, 13 Toolkit Depot open line or temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. People that you've been in the company of who you've had preconceived ideas, uh, ideas about thoughts. and thought whether you thought they were a good person. They like him, they look average. And you've walked away and gone, that's his good it, fella. Ben Stokes is one of those guys. Is he really? Well, Ben Stokes, he's done so much damage to us. Every time he walks down, I'm like, I'd be getting yeah. for, for a duck. Yeah. We're speaking with Dale. That's a bad bloke. Yeah, it does. Don't like him. Yeah, okay. I do now. I do, too many good people have said Ripper. But you know what, who the other one was? Shane Watson was one for me. I've never met Shane Watson. Cricketer? Yes. And... I remember speaking with Justin Langer years ago and um, we asked the question. It was myself and Cam Luke. We were doing uh, an SEN show all around WA and uh, we said, Jane Watson, now seriously, JL, how many times can a bloke review his own dismissal? Yeah. It just seems like an ordinary unit. Yeah. Can you tell us the truth? And Justin Langer said, Shane Watson, I'm going, here we go, he's going to agree with me, is possibly... The nicest human being you'll ever meet in your yeah, life. Wow. When, wow, what? Yeah, wow. I was shattered to hear it, but yep. JL said it, so I believe him. He's another one. Shane Watson. Wasn't Shane Watson part of Homework Gate where they didn't do their homework for Mickey Arthur? <sighs> Pretty sure that was Shane Watson. Jeez, that's a dark time Remember in Australian that? cricket, wasn't it? I sat with Mickey Arthur. I did it in the oh. Queen's Park Gardens, Queen's Gardens. I did a one on one with him. He spoke, broke his silence about that and exactly what. In, I had high expectations I, for that story and it didn't deliver anything. I still think, and I, to this day, until someone convinces me otherwise, I, I still think that Mickey Arthur is a practical joke that South Africa played on us. It was terrible. We were, we were terrible. We, it was a dark time for Australian cricket. What are you looking like that for? Do you like him? Well, he lives here. Okay. He's probably listening right now. Well, well. In a surprise and unprecedented decision, Australia axed four players from a test during the 2012-2013 Tour of India for breach of protocol. The players, which included Shane Watson, Mm. had failed to hand in mid-tour assessment exercise sought by team management. I'd I'd be be one of them. Please. That was terrible time. 17 past six. Let us know someone that you didn't like, but you finally got a chance to meet or in the company of, or you went to a sportsman's night or you went to an event and you walked away and went, good fella, good lady, like that. Let us know, 13 12 55 or 0487 736 736. On this day, for today is just around the corner. And today being? November 22nd. Correct. On this day. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. Two little ducks. Two little ducks today. November 22. Two little ducks. Careful. The, what do you mean? <laughs> Careful. Why? Ah, you get tongue-tied sometimes. 
<laughs> Terry Gillen, it's his birthday today. He's 82. He's the American director and illustrator. He was the only non-UK member of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Be our opening. No, we should not. I think that's our new thing. <laughs> He's 82. We'll go to a vote. I'm relying on these two out there to overrule that. Jesse Colin Young. Who's that? He's a player manager here in uh, WA. <laughs> oh, my word. He's 81 today. He wow. was in a band called good. The Young Buds. No, it's a beauty. Was that their only hit? Uh, well, he was in the band. I don't know. Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, no, they had one other hit in 69. Oh, that's it. They had the get-together. That was it. No, but interesting, he was born Perry Miller and changed his name to Jesse Colin Young. That is. As you would. When you say... Imagine waking up going, oh. No, I don't feel like a Perry. I don't feel like a Perry Miller today. <laughs> I feel like a, I feel like a Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Young. Well, Billie Jean King woke up and she wanted to be Billie Jean King. She's 79 today. It's out. And there's the championship for Billie Jean. So in this All-American final, Billie Jean comes through after... Yep, she beat Chris Everett. Of course, she won 20 titles uh, at Wimbledon from 61 to 79, winning the US Open four times and uh, women's title at Wimbledon six times. Um, She's a great glass wearer. Yes. Glasses wearer, should yeah. I say? Glasses yeah, glasses wearer. Glasses wearer. Yes. Name another. Name your top three glasses wearer sports. I'm the king. Oh, okay, you've got to go. Uh, didn't Kareem have George Bar wear a big mask? Yeah, sort of. Jeff Blethen. Yeah, Jeff Blethen. Yep. Full forward for Essendon and Claremont. Um, yep, there's no one. Dalton Gooding. Dalton. Dalton Gooding played on the wing at Claremont wearing glasses. Glasses. Who else did so you many know? others. Zahira Bass, uh, batter number right. three for the Zahira Bass for the Pakistan Indian cricket team. Right. Clive Lloyd. Glasses. Bob Hawke. Bob Hawke. <laughs> got one right in the mush. Clive Lloyd. Did too. Clive Lloyd. I'll put him Daniel in. Daniel Vittori. Yeah. Yeah. No, There's Clive a few Lloyd. out there. There you go. Three. Done. Anyway, Billy Jean King was a glass wearer. Uh, Gary Dempsey, 74. He won the Brownlow in 75. In 1975, Brownlow medal to Gary Dempsey. What is Gray? Yeah. Apparently. That was North Melbourne as well. Apparently, someone had 500 on him too. Win that. Did they really? Yeah, umpire let him know. Oh, don't say that. What? Don't say that. They're in. It's too raw. In the know. So, uh, one of my favourite actors is uh, birthday today. She's 64 and in a prime, one of the best of all time. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> It's not her best speak. work. Yeah, no. She, it's a non-speaking yeah, it's Halloween. She, she, yeah, yeah. She, uh, Probably could have used some of her lines of, yeah. of a movie, you know, whatever. I think is. anyone was just visualising her dancing in True Lies anyway. So. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> hey, Tina, Wa- Tina Weymouth uh, was born Martina Weymouth, so she got rid of the Ma and just become <laughs> Tina. Woke up one day and said, yeah, Ma <laughs> makes me sound old. <laughs> Just going with Tina. Talking heads. Oh, hello.
Tina was the bass guitarist in Talking Heads, and her husband Chris was the drummer. That's why no one's heard of it. The bass guitarist. No one's heard of the bass guitarist. No. That's a great. Are they the ones that have their fingers over yeah. the top? Boom, 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 <laughs> They're boom, like boom, they play boom, the harp. Yeah. Anyway, happy birthday to Tina. Hey, Good we, song. Hey, Robbie Slater, who, of course, uh, is a, he's best known for his work as a soccer um, analyst right now in various forms, uh, played for the Socceroos, played um, he played for Southampton in the Premier League or wherever it was, but he also played in France. Now, we've gone searching for some Robbie Slater highlights, and this is the best we could come up with. John says Edgar Davids for Juventus and the Netherlands wears glasses. There you go. Thanks, John. That's not his best input to the show, I would have thought. Oh, but it's, it's nice little left field considering you're sure he's it's probably not, playing right now. You're sure now. it's not Edgar Davids who he used to hate him but now he likes him? Oh. <laughs> nah, he wouldn't know him. Hey, Boris Becker's 55. He's in the clink at the moment. <laughs> Well, and how appropriate. He wins the title, and what a tremendous performance. Yeah. Is there anything special for him in there on his birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Blow out his candles. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Boris. I might give him a day off. <laughs> so, so, Boris, he went to jail in 2022. He got sentenced in 2022, two and a half Tax. years. Yeah. Um, hiding his assets. We've all done that. <laughs> Can't do that in prison. <laughs> uh, what else? What else you got? He was coaching Novak. He, he coached was, Novak for yeah, several yeah, years. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, what sold you? We're running out of time. This is a long one, isn't it? Ah, uh, look. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Olympic Games opened on this day in Melbourne town in 56. With a population 20 times smaller than the United States, 25 times smaller than Russia, the Australians will more than make up for it by winning several gold medals. The Duke of Edinburgh was about to officially open the Games. Melbourne, celebrating the 16th Olympiad of the modern era. The flag bearer, he's fainted. Was it emotion that made him drop like that? <laughs> Believe it or not, it's the heat. The it's scorching hot on this fainted, 22nd of November. And Ron Clark lit the... Um... <laughs> was it emotion that did it? No. <laughs> it was the heat. It's just bloody hot. The Olympic flame was lit at the stadium by Ron Clark, who burnt his arm in the process. Oh, man. What a disaster. <laughs> John F. Kennedy was assassinated on this day in <laughs> 1963. Several shots were fired as the President Kennedy's motorcade passed through downtown Dallas. The crowd screamed and lay down on the grass as the motorcade went by. It was not known if the shots were aimed at the president. Also on this day, November 22, Mike Tyson became the youngest heavyweight boxing champion of the world. He beat oh. Trevor Burbeck as a 20-year-old Margaret Thatcher resigned as Prime Minister of Great Britain in 1990. She'd been in power since 1979. Toy Story was the first computer-animated motion picture opened in the US cinemas on this day in 1995. And sadly, on this day, at yes, the age of 37, Michael Hutchins, in excess lead singer, died. That is on this day for November 22nd. If you're celebrating your birthday, happy birthday to you.
Sharks haven't gone out. Dumpies have gone bugger at this. We're going to play the stinger and they're going to give us the sports update right now. Wow. Straight to the sports update time. Gone, Um, No, we're catching up on time. (laughs) That's Ben Fabric. That's a bit better. That's better. I guess it's him. Been doing a bit of woodpecker action. I mean, it's been a while since we've had that. There's <laughs> a reason. There's been a woodpecker. There he is. Don't. <laughs> when in doubt, bring back the classics. Yeah. Play all the hits. What about my little bird? Remember I filmed the bird? The oh, wren? The wren? Remember the wren? I said, this is just music. The wren is such a beautiful bird. Can't find, oh, I can't find the wren. Just throw your hands in the air like a oh, screen there above Woodpecker on the left. Well, don't left know, what are you Pecker doing? Up. Five, up, I reckon. Up, there it is. There's no need. There it is. Thank you. People are over bird noises no, because the, the sun's been thing? up for an hour and a half already and they've heard the, the birds have woken them up now. Oh, knock it off. But you know what? Oh, never said this before. Let's talk some soccer overnight. It was a lot. That was a lot, actually. Good action. Was it? <laughs> just, just cause, just because you reminded him he's got control on some buttons. I know, big mistake by me. And boy, oh boy, Well, that's what it was a bit like watching England take on Iran, of course, in their mm. World Cup opener, respectively, or openers, respectively. Uh, Do you see the Iran goalkeeper? His nose was yeah, smashed yeah. to pieces. What a 15, friendly fire. 15 minute delay. Yeah. So we had 15 minutes I of turned it on. time. I turned on the coverage last night on the radio. I just went to bed yeah. and there was no action. I was going, what's the story going on here? And 15 minutes to get him off, yeah. his nose exploded. He got, oh. got headbutted by his own teammate. Yeah. The joke of it was, so he got headbutted by his own teammate. His nose is smashed into a million pieces. Oh. And he's like, no, they've stuck, I'm fine. stuck the tissue up there. I'm okay to go. Which was a joke. They when stuck we his take, gloves on. When we he look at it. He's weak in the Bernie style. Scott Sterling, if you watch that video. But um, it was really, it was a bit disgraceful when you consider how much effort and concentration we put into concussion nowadays. He stays on for like 30 seconds and he lies down, gives it the sub. Uh, some signal and they take him off and rip him off straight away. He's injured, get off and we'll put a replacement keeper in. Ridiculous. 15 minutes to stop his time in that first half. That's stupid. Uh, England went on to win 6-2. Bakaya Saka scoring uh, on debut, uh, a World Cup debut, I should say. Uh, Jude Bellingham and Jack Grealish as well. But this is how Saka's goal sounded. Luke Shaw taking the corner this time. An outswinger towards Maguire. Who cushions it down and the shot comes in and it's a belting goal from Bukayo Saka. What a super of England. In the making. Nice work, Jordan Canellis. You can hear all the action of the FIFA World Cup. Is it World Cup? It is. World Cup. I had to check myself because I was unsure whether it had another name. Who's the, who's the <laughs> gun that's playing in the EPL at the moment that's scoring all the goals? He's scored more goals than anyone. Yeah, the guy. Uh, Erling Haaland. Who's he play for? Norway. Okay. They're not in the World Cup. That's a letdown. <laughs> they did not make it. Uh, Netherlands, they secured a 2 0 win over <laughs> Senegal, and the United States and Wales played out to a physical one all draw. Uh, in golf, Lydia Coe has recorded a huge win at the LPGA season ending to a championship in Florida. She denied Mingili a couple of different accolades. Uh, yeah. Did you see this? Gosh, we, we, didn't, we haven't mentioned this. So, who. $3 million payday took a season earnings to $6.6 million, which leaves her on the season-long money list. Uh, Minji Lee finished second in both the Player of the Year and Money Race. 
Minji Lee. Mate, Lydia Ko, I'm going to tell you, has reinvented herself. She was the number one player about three years ago and then mm. fell off the radar. Mm. She's a Kiwi girl. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable golfer. Unbelievable. Played with glasses for a long time, has gone for the um, contacts and just is next level. Next level. The best player in the world by a street. Bit of basketball news. Michael Frazier, the second, has Yay! been handed a second opportunity to play in the NBL. He signed with the Illawarra Hawks, yep. the grey man. Yep. So they've decided no expectation. that he's the man to replace George King, <laughs> the injured King. import there from the Hawks. He, he texted me on, on Facebook to say thank you for, uh, on Twitter for being nice to him on the coverage. Oh. I know. And now he's, he's gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Kingy. <laughs> Perth do take on Illawarra a couple of times. So they play Good. on New Year's Eve. <laughs> and then we the play Hawks, them 12 times. And the Hawks come here. <laughs> That's through our bottom of the table. They won't be for long, though, because Michael Frazier is going to lift them up. And what's the biggest demolishing you've ever been a part of, Scotty? Uh, Have you ever been absolutely spanked by an opponent at any level? Yeah, hundred couple of hundred pointers. Yeah, you remember them clearly, fairly. Gossy, when I knocked over a team, I got nine for eight. I don't know if you know, but I got nine for eight, seven for one, seven for nine in three consecutive really? weeks. Yeah, had a bowling average of three point six, and I've got the trophy to prove. Those it. are impressive numbers. Thank you. Better than a couple of guys who are playing the third grade down in Bunbury Cricket Districts. Here we go. So oh, go. Hello. Numbadar and Parker both took five for each. Parker was very, very expensive. Boulder wide. Uh, they were both playing for Donnybrook. They together dismissed Dallion up for just three. <laughs> no. So uh, Donnybrook, Donnybrook, they came out to bat first. They made 174. Pretty competitive total. They thought, okay, we've got, yeah. we got an okay score to yep. defend here yep. over there, uh, 39.3 overs. Dallion have come out. They're off to a pretty... Poor start. They were out. Their first. Their openers were out for zero ducks, respectively. Oh, three ball and Mate, seven ball ducks. Up, Jim, not me. <laughs> a third ducks. ball and a seven ball duck. Then uh, who threw the wide down? Caddy. Caddy comes out. He he makes a single uh, off sixteen deliveries. And <laughs> I was then, so happy to get to the. There's other more end. to it. There's more to it than that. Then yeah, Parker was uh, unfortunately pretty that. expensive. Let's, with let's uh, be careful about bagging out the what's another team with Dally a wide up. and a couple of Dally runs. Yell up. up. Yeah. Yell up team. Um, if anyone knows, made three, mate. Anyone's listening on? Yeah, I know, but they might, they might have been kids. That, that, that they might have, they might have been under tens or something. You know, like something. Or they just maybe have not quite right. <laughs> <laughs> so dismissed for just three after seven point four overs. So no, there's more to it than that. I'll tell you what. There's more to it. Than listen that. to on the ball with Craney and Chris Essie and Spirit on Friday afternoon one o'clock. We'll go through it. We'll dig into it. Find out what went wrong with Dahlia Love. <laughs> Please do. So, Kane and Chris, yeah. SEN hey. Spirit, what time? One o'clock Friday afternoon. Yeah, I didn't this know you did that little show yeah. on the little side. A couple of hours. Hey? Yeah. You're a little busy so man. Take a promo with Nay on Fridays yeah, yeah. So, as well. So you get promos with Nay on SEN Spirit. I say Nay. So, you're going to take that. You're going to take that story that you've just told us here, and we, we want to know answers to yeah, it. Yeah, a good producer would be on the phone right mm. now ringing the Dell yeah. Yeller Cricket Club. And yeah. you're taking it to your own little secret show. That's right. That no one knows about. <laughs> Yeah, but this is this goes out to the Greater Southwest. This goes to the Daily Life area. Oh, no. My show. This show doesn't. This show's all just Perth. Uh, People uh, don't care about Daily Life here in Perth. Do they? We, yeah, we, 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 we want to know why they're out for three. Fifty-five. Anyone knows if, if they were just like if there was a reason they only got three, um, or if we can just really go to town on them. <laughs>
thank you very much. That Poor was guys. for the team at Kraken, who, and who provided us with the World Cup update as well. Trusted by 9 million crypto customers worldwide. Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SCN's coverage of the FIFA Free. World Cup. Qatar 2022. Nice work by you. Hey, coming up, Sam Nace with Exidy Swans Ruckman looking for a new club, and we're going to try and get him to Perth. Still to come, Ashton Agar, Jason Scrivener, and we'll talk a whole lot more, including a BBL Supercoach. If you haven't got a team, get online now to supercoach.com.au. Sam Naismith is coming to WA. We chat with him next. It's 18 to 7. Zach Clark, who of course is uh, back in WA, of yeah. course, after his sojourn back to Victoria and Essendon and playing district footy. He's lining up with Subiaco and starting business interests. Let's stay tall and chat to another ruckman whose name has been linked to the WAFL, and that is former Sydney ruckman Sam Naismith, who's been kind enough to join us on breakfast this morning. Sam, where do we find you? Good morning. Mate, how are you? Yeah, going well. Where are you? Mate, in Sydney at the moment. Get out of there, um, mate. Get out yeah, of there, son. <laughs> it doesn't stop raining. No, it's not too bad at the moment. The, the, the weather's not too bad today, so, so I'm trying to hang on. So where we sit, mate, there's rumours galore that you're coming to WA and the manager's speaking to teams. How close and uh, how accurate is that? Yeah, so just trying to um, uh, put everything out in front of me before I make a decision, sort of. Um, obviously, the goal is to, to play AFL again um, and whatever... Um, so the club and competition, whether it's VFL, uh, Sample or Waffle, um, which which is going to be the best to facilitate that. So I'm just trying to get all the options out in front first before I make a decision because, you know, that's that be the smartest way to do it, I think. Okay, so keen to stay on an AFL list. So let's get that uh, first and foremost. You're at Sydney for a long time. You've struggled with knees, of course, over a long period of time. You haven't played a game since 2020. So as an AFL club, why should they still inquire about Sam Naismith? Um, Mate, I'm good to go. Um, Yeah, the knee had had a few setbacks and whatnot with, um, with injuries and um, they were just sort of unfortunate ones, uh, ones that I couldn't really avoid too much. Um, one was um, coming back from a scope too early. Um, another one was through the COVID break, I, um, I wasn't able to use facilities. Um, and then the third one was just a botched surgery. So I've had a new surgeon, new new way of looking at it, and it, I feel great. I haven't had a hiccup at all. And I was, allowed, I was probably ready to play probably eight weeks out from the grand final, so... Um, I've been I've been good to go for a while. Wow! So so those reasons for the knees, mate. They were one one of them's extraordinary and disappointing. That's for sure. But how much work have you done? So waffle clubs should be confident, uh, or AFL clubs should be absolutely confident that Sam Naismith's knees are no longer an issue. Yeah. Oh well. If I um. If I was concerned about it, then I probably would have given up a while ago. But um, I've done the work, and I feel, I feel really confident. And I know that sort of once I get back to playing um, some regular footy, then I, you know, there's a there's a fairly big ceiling. When you were delisted by the Swans, did it come out of left field? Did you get a vibe for it, or were you shocked? Um, oh, obviously, someone that's um, hasn't played for a, for a couple of years, it's you know doesn't come as too much of a shock. You kind of understand if uh, you know conversations are going to go down that path, and that's just being rational about it. But um, at the end of the day, like 
bit disappointing. Um, but I also understand that you know that there's a business decision that has to be made and whatnot. But um, I'm going to do everything I can to sort of get back to playing and um, just prove myself. Okay, let's cut to the chase. Now, mm. uh, your partner is a West Australian, correct? Yep. Okay, and she has connections at the West Coast Eagles, correct? Yep. Okay. Is there any thought that you can come across and play for the West Coast Waffle team that gets you into the waffle and gets you around the AFL club and if all things be equal and they require a Ruckman, wow. they've had some issues. Well, they wouldn't had mind some a issues. Ruckman. They wouldn't mind a Ruckman. And if you can sort of churn out sort of eight waffle games with West Coast Waffle, then that could open the door at West Coast AFL. I reckon you're, you're onto some. And play with the brother-in-law. De- detective gossip. I know. I mean, Tom, I'm, just, I'm, no, um, I'm no manager, but that's the way I'm going to uh, That's the way I'm going to prepare your contract. Yeah, well, it's just, it's, um, you know, it's good enough tr- sign, uh, sort of talking about it that way. But, um, you know, if if a club wants to do that, then I'm more than happy to sort of go down that path. Okay. Um, but the opportunity has to be there. Okay. Well, I think you look exceptional in black and white. Um, That's Swan Districts, mate. Swan Districts, so hopefully the manager would um, <laughs> have spoken with them or they've spoken to you. But and Subiaco has more money it? than anybody. Well, and we can anymore. pay you in cars, white goods, <laughs> paper bags. They're very good. We sort of have a bit of a problem uh, with the salary cap restrictions. Yeah, but be careful, Sam, because they're on a downward spiral as a, as a club. Come yeah, on, okay. Sam, what do you want to do? Are you going to come to WA? Yeah. Are, come there any other, are there any other states, if it's not AFL, are there any other, is the SANFL an option? I wouldn't have thought so. The boss is from Perth, mate. You're coming home. (laughs) I was actually in um, WA a couple of weeks ago and went down to um, to Margaret River and checked out Rottnest and, man, it was unreal. So I didn't... Yeah, I enjoyed my time there, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, Augusta Margaret River is a good footy club. They've got the Noakes boys down there, but probably not. I think it might be a bit above that standard. <laughs> and Rottnest, last time I checked, they don't have a team. No in bad AFL. side, but terrible yeah, side. Okay. <laughs> Come no, on, Naismith. What are we doing, Sammy? What do we want to, are you coming to WA? Just answer the question for the listeners this morning. Mate, I, I wouldn't mind coming to WA. I can't really sort of lock in anything out. I'm just trying to... Um, I'm getting down to the pointy end of my decision-making, but, yeah, um, yeah. see what happens. Okay, okay. Right. so he's at the fit, moment... He's fit, knees are strong. He's, yeah, he's good. 205 centimetres. Yeah. Don't find big men every day. Okay. okay. There should be every club chasing him. Okay, so I've got... So far... I think you've nailed it. Sam was getting a bit like... Oh, but, oh, but there is a, a link to Claremont because oh, no. the brother-in-law is a Claremont boy. So Claremont could be an option. So, so far, West Coast Waffle, tick. Sue because they've got money, tick. Uh, Claremont because there's a tenuous link, yeah. tick. Swan District just because I'm here and they'd be awesome next year. If you him. want to play for charity, Swan District. So with your manager, has there been any interest in, in an AFL club, to be honest, Sam? Um, there's just been a bit of talk, but um, at the end of the day, like clubs have, um, by the time I was sort of um, cut by Sydney, clubs have pretty much already organised their list. Um, so they're just looking to see what happens after the draft and then the rookie draft and yep. and whatnot. And unfortunately, um, you know, I wasn't able to sort of go from my position um, with the Swans list back onto their rookie list. Yep. Um, just with the, because um, I was inactive for a little while. Um, so, yeah, hopefully just something comes up. But if it doesn't, then I'll be playing State League and um, looking to you know, attack that mid-season 
uh, draft. Yeah, cool. 18 games ago, you played in a, an AFL grand final for the Sydney Swans against the Western Bulldogs. It feels like a, a world away for you, or do you feel like uh, because you haven't played that much footy, you've still got plenty left in the tank as a 30-year-old? Uh, mate, I feel, I feel great. That's that's the thing. It's um, you know, I haven't I haven't banged up the body um, as much as probably most thirty-year-olds, um, considering that you know only my knee. But um, it does feel it does feel a long time ago. But I think the more footy you miss, the more you realise why you played in the first place. Scotty does a thing called um, a six-pointer so. semi. Scotty does a thing called a six-pointer. Yep. He won't finish with this. <laughs> we ask you six questions, really short and sharp. You've got to come up with the answers really quick because we want to know. Get Sam, no, no, no Sam Naismith, courtesy of the six-pointer. Scotty, up to you. Radio Sam, apart from, uh, foot, yeah. apart from footy, name your favourite sport and athlete. Uh, rugby league. Uh, Nathan Holmarsh. Oh, you have been Sydneyized. Nathan Holmarsh. <laughs> 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 he played when it was black and white. Yeah, and safe to say, no. Um, I grew up in the country New South Wales. Yeah, fair so point. Yeah, fair point. Safe to say, no one else we've asked about no. has answered like no. that. No, and especially not with Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you open your own restaurant, Sam. What's the signature dish going to be? Uh, it's a pepperoni pizza with uh, chili honey drizzle. What a chili honey drizzle! Yeah. Oh hello. Yeah, Sydney, so right. drizzles are yeah I'm, in, I'm interested in that. When you come to when you come to Sydney, head to Dimitri's. <laughs> <laughs> what song? What song gets you up and about, Sam? Um, oh, Everlong Foo Fighters. Everlong Fooies. Ah, yeah, right. that's a good call. Nice yeah, work. Can't go wrong. No, we'll find that for you. Yeah, tell us something. Tell us something we don't know about one of your former Swans teammates. Oh, um, well, that's a hard one. Uh, You're not there anymore, mate. Just drop someone in it. <laughs> Is Tom Pepley a good bloke? <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe, maybe Dane. No, no, maybe Dane Rampy. Um, just uh, tight ass. Oh, really? Really? No one likes a tight no ass. ass but... That'll do. Yeah. Have you, uh, <laughs> yeah, <not that. laughs> you, you, you got any secret talents? Come on, so, mate. Um, uh, I'm, I do I do ceramics. That pretty much surprises a fair few people that I, but I say that I do pottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm surprised. Bit of ghost, uh, bit of, bit bit of of ghost, ghost action. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. last one, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> last one. Throw some tunes here in the basket there and do carve out some pots. <laughs> Hey, uh, but tell us uh, something that, well, ticks you off way more than it should, mate. Oh, shit, drivers. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, well, yeah. Just confirming we're on air. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm with mate, terrible drivers, yeah. Yeah, incompetent people behind the wheel are infuriating. Oh, well, you're coming to the right state then. Perth will have that coming <laughs> yeah, in yeah. spades, mate. <laughs> yeah, perfect. We're not that good as you would have. Uh, and I tell you what, drivers at Rottnest, shocking. Yeah, yeah shocking. The traffic there. Yeah, they're all over the road. Not yeah. there on their bikes. Yeah, hey, good on you. Hey, all the very best. Uh, we look forward to seeing uh, where your journey takes you. Um, and, of course, uh, and, and, mate, if you do line up for the West Coast Eagles waffle, it'll be a matter of I told you so. No. Uh, I, think that's a, I think that's a career move right there, mate. I well, think that's you, a career you, move. You might have to organise the papers then. I'll just sign it. Anytime you like. I've got some pull. Uh, let's get it. What's the name of this band? We're talking about? Foo Fighters, mate. What's the name of the song? Never something. <laughs> Ever long, mate. Ever long. Sammy Naismith, thanks song. for joining us, Mitchell great band. Us going. All the very best in the future. Here it is.
is. Game three of the one-day series with Australia and England at the MCG. It starts 11.20 our time. You hear all the action on SEN, of yeah. course, with Jared Waitley and the crew. But our next guest is actually making his way to Manica because for the first time in a couple of years, we're excited to bring the Prime Minister's eleven back for a four-day match against the West Indies. And our man is Ashton Ager. Ash, appreciate your time, mate. You looking forward to this one? I'm looking forward to this one, yeah. it's um, You know, it feels a bit weird missing a one-day game to, to go and play a different game, but really exciting to be playing some longer-format cricket again. And, yeah, like you said, it's really good to have the Prime Minister's 11 game back. I think it's a good game for everyone. It gives some guys some really great opportunities, and, um, and it's always a good spectacle, I guess. What, what is the players' take on the Prime Minister's 11? So it used to be big. And then it's sort of, I'm not sure whether it's from my point of view, it seems to have dropped off a bit. But for you, Ash, as a, as a player, do the boys hold it in high regard? Yeah, for sure. I think it's a really strong squad. Um, so there's a lot of really good players in the team and um, everyone's sort of out to, to have a really good game. Um, whenever you play with um, a bunch of really good players, everyone really wants to turn up and, and do really well and, and you want to win as well. So I think the game will be definitely hard for... Um, and it's a pink ball game under light, so it's it's going to be tough work for, for both sides. So it'll be a good game. It certainly will be. And there's uh, some names that we know so well, of course, out of WA. Josh Inglis will be the, the skipper of the team. Aaron Hardy's another one. Marcus Harris is a West Aussie. And, of course, he's on the cusp. Uh, he's in that squad, I think, for the first two tests. And yourself. It's actually a really nice squad, a good balanced squad. And, and bowlers who are in for Mark Steckity, Michael Nisa, certainly uh, going well with the pill. Yeah, that's a really nicely balanced squad. Um, when you look at it that way, it's, it's basically an Australia A team um, in a lot of ways. A lot of guys are in really good form. You know, Steckity and, and Nessa have been making the ball talk. I hate to see what they're capable of doing with the pink ball um, under lights. I'm sure the West Indian batters aren't too keen to face those two together. And, and you're right, Ingo... Um, a guy who hasn't actually had the chance to play a lot of cricket recently because he's been touring and not playing a lot for Australia. So he's he's really pumped to go and play some four-day cricket. And Aaron Hardy's a guy that just keeps impressing everyone. I think you know we forget that he's 23 years old and um, his cricket brain and his maturity is well beyond his years. So I'm excited to see what he can do too. What are we expecting from the West Indies, mate? I mean, they well, we all know they were an absolute powerhouse. They were f- fearful. Uh, or fearsome, sorry, and uh, they were just brilliant to watch and they've fallen off the radar, obviously, with what's happened over there with West Indian cricket. What are you expecting this tour? Well, it's hard to have any expectations. I think you're, the, the main expectation is you expect a, a good contest. Um, they're still a test team. They have some very dangerous players. They have some bowlers who can bowl really sharp. You know, Alzari Joseph is a beautiful bowler. Kimo Roach is experienced. Um, they also have Roston Chase, who's, a, who's an experienced off-spinner now as well and has played a lot of test cricket. And some guys are going to be pretty damaging with the bat too. So, um, you know, they, they had a tough week last week, um, so the bowlers might be a little bit tired. But um, anytime you prepare for a test series, you want to put your best foot forward and go into the test series 
in some good form. Um, so I think it's an important game for them too. Where does this place you in regards to test selection, Ashton? And obviously, you know, Nathan Lyon has a hold on that spot, so to speak, but surely the finish line's coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. about... Especially when you're supposed to be a spinner. <laughs> oh, no. no Ashton Agar, where, where does it place Ashton you in regards is... to the selection of, of, of test cricket and long-form cricket? Where, where do you feel like you're sitting at the moment? Um, at the moment, I guess my, my opportunities sort of come in the subcontinent at the moment, but I, I'd love to be able to push, you know, for that um, guy that plays with Nathan Lyon or um, is the backup there. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit different in a way because I offer a little bit with the bat in the field as well. So I sort of try and, I don't know, create my own sort of lane in that regard. I've always tried to contribute in all parts of the game and I guess it makes yourself as selectable as possible. But, um, you know, Swepo's been bowling really well um, recently too and he was obviously the guy that played with Gaza. Um, he's one of my friends and a very good bowler too. So I feel like me and Swepo are, are really well placed um, in that you know, sort of position. It's just up to the selection to see who they go with. And um, like I said before, you can do as play as well as you can yep. and just keep going. You've stepped away, of course, from this one-day game, which is today, of course, at the MCG. So we're talking Tuesday. Uh, 2-0 up, dominant performance we saw, uh, of course, in the last game in Sydney. What's the motivation inside that group, do you know? I know you've stepped away for this last one day today, but what's the motivation? Is it to go 3-0 and just continue? Yeah, absolutely. We want to win every game that we play, to be honest. Um, it's, a, it's a good team. It's guys who have played a lot of cricket together now. It's a team that um, loves playing together, um, and we just want to win. Um, it's far more enjoyable doing that. You know, you, you have a better time, particularly when you're on tour a lot of the time. It's much easier um, when you're winning together. So the motivation is, yeah, keep winning, um, keep pushing forward, seeing how we can keep progressing our games and, um, you know, going into whatever tournament it is we're going to next um, with wins under our belt. I think that's that's all we can ask for. And you want to put on as good of a show as you can for the fans and, and for the crowd. I think that's what we're there for. So we're doing our best to try and do that every time we play. Not sure how your interaction's been with uh, with other Australian players, but has there been? Can you see a, a hunger in many of the players who played in the T20 uh, World Cup, even though it is a, obviously different formats coming up now? Is there, a, I guess, a, a burning desire to reverse what happened there? Yeah, not not to um, reverse it, but um, you know we were. We wanted to win the World Cup, simple as that. And the feeling was that we would, to be honest, after the last World Cup, the feeling was so good in the group. And even going to this World Cup, you didn't really picture... We never even thought about losing a game, to be quite honest. It was just like, how are we going to win this thing again and how are we going to have a great time whilst doing it? Um, it didn't pan out that way, but that's, that's sport. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there was a burning desire to, like, righto, let's go. Let's just go again, use this opportunity against England to, to win a series again, to win more games and, and keep that sort of feeling rolling forward. It's, it's really important, I think, when teams win together and you get on that sort of roll, 
um, it's quite an addictive sort of feeling and you start playing really good cricket. So hopefully this is the start of you know, really strong summer. Simon O'Donnell made a comment on Melbourne Radio yesterday morning about the, the reinvigoration and the, the, the change of style of Steve Smith. He's gone back and come up with a, a different style at the crease. And uh, as we saw, he saw the fruits of his labour with that amazing knock. Um, have you noted the change? Is it, is it that obvious that Steve Smith has sort of reinvented himself? Oh, I don't think he's no. I don't think he's reinvented himself at all. I think he's, you know, he's always been an amazing player. I just think you have to look at it with the lens of well, he was in and out of the T20 side recently, um, playing a much different role. Like T20 and one day cricket are worlds apart. There's so much more time in the one day game to go about your business, get into your innings, hit the ball on the ground, find the gaps. Whereas in T20 cricket. Um, he could come in at number three and sometimes he could come in at number seven. And either way, you're going to have to go pretty hard and, and move your body into positions that it doesn't like to be in, like for the more classical style of cricket. So I think now that he has the time to play some one-day cricket, get ready for test matches, he can play with a, a little bit more textbook style um, because he has more time to do that. Um, and it's certainly working really well. So I'm sure he'll probably take that into the T20s. But everyone loves seeing Steve Smith make runs. I know that I'm sure the public would be absolutely loving it. The boys are loving it. Like, he's just a joy to watch Bat, to be honest. Yeah, it was absolutely outstanding. Hey, on yesterday's show, we spoke to Teague Wiley, who's about to captain WA's under-19s in the national championship in Adelaide. Um, he's 18. He doesn't turn 19 till August next year. Wow, he's an impressive unit. He is he is cricket. He's, his future he's in cricket. He's next Mr. Cricket. He's about, he'll be the next Mr. Cricket. He's a nuffy of the highest order, but boy, he admits it, and he's, uh, he's very, very smart. He obviously had a bit to do with him through his WAE uh, sojourn so far. Yeah, he, he's a good guy. Um, he's, a, he's a young guy, full of passion, um, and he just loves cricket. I think you've summed it up beautifully as, as Mr. Cricket. Yeah, for sure. That guy just loves batting. Um, he could do it all day. He could definitely talk about it all day. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, he, he brings just a lot of um, youthful energy to the team. Um, he's willing to do whatever it takes um, for the team as well. So, And he works incredibly hard. So it's great to see him, you know, making runs. You know, he obviously got that 100 early in the year, and that's, that's, that's fantastic for such a young guy. And um, I'm sure he'll be a really good leader as well for the under-19 team. It's really cool to have someone who gets that opportunity to play both for their state at the senior level and then also play under-19s because he'll have a bit more to offer now with that little bit of experience. So um, I'm excited for Teague. Uh, he just came off the, he, there on the SCG, of course, as we speak. Um, what do you think it's going to offer WA and New South Wales in the, in the Shield game there over the next four days, which starts today? Yeah, hopefully um, a bit more of a traditional sort of SCG, like one of those old-school sort of wickets would be really good. I think what we saw in the one-day game, the ball was reversing from, you know, in the 35th over, even before then, because the square is very dry. I think a lot of wickets were used during the World Cup, and um, it's a dry square, so if the ball hits any of that, it chunks up a bit. You'll see the ball reverse swing, um, and if the wicket's dry as well, spin will definitely come into the game later on. I didn't really pay much attention to which strip they'll be playing on um, when we were playing the other day, because you don't really think of that. There's plenty going on in your own mind, but um, I'd love to see that. Yeah, it's, it's 
going to be great to see more wicket spin around the country, and I'm definitely biased towards that as a spinner myself. But um, you know, you don't often get the chance to play in conditions where the ball reverses and spins. So it's a different style of cricket, and be cool to see. Ashton, we really appreciate your time, mate. You're a star. We love watching you, and uh, good luck for a, a fantastic summer. But more importantly, and and, and sooner, uh, good luck for the Prime Minister's eleven taking on the West Indies at Manuka this week, mate. Thanks very much for joining us on Scotty and Goss. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Cheers. Welcome to Ashton Agar. It's now time to continue with cricket. And, of course, it is KFC, a big bash super coach. It's just around the corner. Tim Mitchell is our guest. Hey, Timmy, how are you, you travelling, mate? How's your team coming together? Oh, gosh, it's looking all right. Made a few changes in the last week or so, but trying not to tinker with it too much. That's probably one of the most dangerous things you can do in KFC Supercoach, sort of overthink things too much. So trying to uh, maybe focus on all the other things going on in the world of sport at the moment and not play around with my team too much. So I've been watching a bit of World Cup instead. Yeah, nice work by you. Now, <laughs> interesting enough, Adam, we've, we've discussed his name a couple of times. We need to do it again. Mitch Marsh for Perth Round 2 double um, when he costs so much. How do we get hold of him? How do we get hold of Mitch Marsh without paying too much? Well, it's probably the most important strategy question I think we're going to encounter, Goss, in the first couple of rounds because we've got the Scorchers not playing in round one and then they've got the double in round two. And, and Mitch Marsh averaged about 100 points a game last season, so you're going to want him in your team uh, on the likelihood that he goes off in that second round. So I think what's going to come into play is our new featuring KFC Supercoach BBL, which is the trade boost, which we brought in for the first time this season. So for three rounds this, this season, you can use four trades instead of three. And I think that might be the key. So we might need to get a couple of cheapies in um, and that'll hopefully give us enough cash to potentially get Mitch Marsh into our teams. Because as you say, I think mean, he's got 35,000 more than, than the next most expensive player. So uh, it's going to take a bit of tinkering, but hopefully that extra uh, trade might help us get Mitch Marsh in our teams for that all-important round two for the Scorchers. Well, you have to get him in, Goss. He's a man you've got to get him in no, somehow. I've no, just got to find a way. Yeah, no, you I got... think I've just been given the tip. Well, well, Tim, last week you um, well, you destroyed a couple of gosses smoking. He <laughs> thought he had quietly underneath the table. He was happy. He goes, I've got a couple of secret weapons. And you came in and went bang, bang, bang and named them all. Which other under-the-radar players, mate, should people look out for? Keen on, and I don't want to give away too much. I'm, I feel like I'm ruining all teams. Well, but um, the ones that I like at the moment, so it's sort of under 10% of teams is, is where I'm looking for Scotty, and and the guys that I'm looking for are sort of on that round one double as well. So only at 9% of teams he had a really good summer last season for the Sydney Thunder. Chris Green, I think, could be a bit of a smoky as well. There's some talk that Tanvir um, Sanger might miss the first couple of rounds, so you think potentially that Chris Green might be the first choice spinner uh, for Sydney Thunder in the first couple of rounds as well. And with Glenn Maxwell out, I really like uh, one of your boys from over in WA, Hilton Cartwright as well. If Melbourne Stars are going to think of in sort of finals calculations without Glenn Maxwell, you think Hilton Cartwright's going to have to have a pretty big summer, so he's another guy that uh, I've got in my team at the moment for round one. Have you got an update on Jai Richardson's uh, situation? Do we think he's going to start the season in BBL, and what does that mean for KFC oh, Supercoach? Gosh, it's stressing me out, I'll tell you, because I want to put him in my team. I want, to, I want to try and carry him over through that round one double and, and have him ready to unleash in round two, but I just don't know. He's missed a couple of recent Sheffield Shield games, and I think he was ruled out of the most recent one against New South Wales, so... 
is a really good price, around about 150000 for a guy who is the number one point scorer only a couple of seasons ago in KFC Supercoach BBL. But it's just going to be dicey because I don't want to carry him through round one and then have him miss round two. So he's probably, yeah, he's that player that I'm, I'm really going to be watching his fitness over the next week or two as we get closer to the BBL to try and find out if he's going to be available for that first game for the Scorchers. But the only silver lining might be, I don't know, we talked about him last week, but um, if Lance Morris gets a start instead of Jai Richardson, if, say, Jai's not ready for round one, uh, I think Lance Morris will be prominently in a lot of teams because he's got only 62,000. It is stressful, isn't it? Goss is turning grey, mate, trying to put his team together. It's <laughs> killing us. Well, you yeah, said you were tinkering. Yeah, you said you were tinkering and then try not to tinker too much, but then you have another look at it and you, you start changing your mind again. Tell us three, Tim, three players that are in your side, that are locked in your side, that are going absolutely nowhere. Oh, Scotty, I was going to say three, but I think I'll give you four. Right. So these are the first four that you should pick and just lock them in your team. Rashid Khan from the Strikers, mm. Marcus Stoinis, who's way too cheap from the Melbourne Stars, uh, Daniel Sams from the Thunder, who've got uh, four games in the first two rounds, and then Adam Zampa as well. He's only 103,000, and Melbourne Stars played twice in round one. So pick those four, and then pick your other 12 players in KFC Supercoach BBL around those uh, core four players. What do you think, Goss? No, I don't like uh, Adam Zampa, so I'm not going to have him in the oh. team. KFC, I, I, I mean, I don't is it, like it. Is it personal or is uh, it... Bordering. <laughs> KFC Supercoach BBL is back at supercoach.com.au and it's time to play the best fantasy cricket game of the lot. Don't forget, head over there to supercoach.com.au for KFC Supercoach BBL. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Uh, good to chat again, boys. Speak to you next week. You've got a friend in me When the road rough ahead And you're miles and miles From your nice warm bed Love in this studio, some days, isn't it? And I think the love is behind the the new introduction to the family. Yeah, he's coming. He just brings a sense of calmness about the place, Mm -hmm. you know. And he's professional. Yeah. Then he says something that makes me think all day, and it annoys me. (laughs) You have to listen on the way home. Oh man, (laughs) Mark Duffield in, of course. Mornings with Mark Duffield every Monday to Wednesday. Um, Hopefully, that can increase in the new year. You'd Um, think so, wouldn't you? Well, I don't know. He's again get the the training wheels off (laughs) and start putting in some hard yards. Morning. I'm enjoying the Monday to Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I was enjoying three like... days as well. Kill <laughs> church. You think you get more done around the house though when you're doing Monday to Wednesday? So what do you do on the Thursday? Oh, you play oh, hey, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> don't don't open this can of worms, Gosh, ask you what you do around the house. Have some answers because turn into chaos when you get home. Uh, Mark Duffield uh, between eight and ten Monday to Wednesday. What do you got coming up today? Going to talk to West Coast draft guru Rowan O'Brien about their strategy. Obviously, they've got four inside thirty, mm. which is a rare haul for the Eagles because they've been near the top and the bottom, apart from the last couple of years. Um, Glenn Quartermain will come in from... Oh, we won't come in, sorry. We'll just get him on the phone He's from the West Australia. No the Wacker board meeting last night, two new board members. Feisty. John in... Bit fiery, apparently. Apparently so. To the words that uh, Quarters yeah, used. Yeah, yeah, John that. Saxon, the CEO of the WA NRL. Are we going to get a NRL team in Perth? How are they progressing? Mm. Interesting what the... AFL's going to hit the Tasmanian government up for, isn't it? 12 times $12 million to enter the competition, plus a stadium. Oh, that's just right back at you, Tasmania. <laughs> what what no, have you got to say about that? They'll get their team, but, boy, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Uh, it's, it's 
it's it's just going to happen. Joke. Just going to happen. It will, it will happen. It has to happen. I, I, I would be so excited. Does a 19-team comp work, Duff? Not really. I want one from the NT. But, but I think we'll either get to 20 or we'll be back to... And that ain't Here's a question for you both, philosophical question. Is the AFL a keeper of the code or a business? Oh. oh. Well, it's non-profit, isn't it? Yes. Don't they just give every cent back? It's supposed to. Yeah, the profit goes to all the people that work there. <laughs> no, 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 that's not right. Not all of them, just the executives. Uh, Good question. Because um, if it's a keeper of the code, yes. it's just automatic. We should have a team in Tasmania. Correct. There's a moral right for Tasmania Correct. team. Correct. But yeah. they, they are a keeper of the code. Well, they should be and absolutely have to be. But they also can't run the code into the ground. And I think the question for the NRL, is it a national code? Because if it's a national code, there has to be a team here. Just, I think it's gun-shy, are they not? They had, they had a team in Adelaide too, didn't they? That was part of the Super League yeah. franchise, mm. yeah. Adelaide oh, Rams, I reckon. I think they called the Rams. Time's a strike. Because I think there's a... there's a, a, I know it's a different sport and you, you're not going to get an argument from... Groundswell. Well, I think there's... A, I think there's the the Western Force have a support network through their fan base. Soccer's a bit on the nose. I want to see that revitalised, but I think it's so transient with the players. They come and go. You don't. They don't attach themselves to WA. Shambles, Shambles at the moment. But that's just yeah. yeah, exactly. Is it, is it, what, shame, is it that yearly conversation we have after a NRL have played around here? It, oh, we need our own team. It's the same as, you know, the grand final day and night every year. It's state of origin every year. How many people go to state of origin who are West Australian or are they all people who come in from interstate? Well, that's the point, isn't it? We pay so much for it because we believe there's a lot of people that come from interstate and it's worth a lot of money to our to our tourism mm. industry. Last but not least, Barat Sundarayson. Talk about David Warner yesterday and the move from Cricket Australia to at least put a process in place by which he can overturn his lifetime leadership ban. Mm. And we'll talk to Barat about that and also about the upcoming ODI. Yeah, today, 11.20, you hear it all on SEM with Jerry yeah. Whaley. Mark Duffield in after 8 o'clock. He makes us all feel good because he's professional. Yeah, he does. When you, <laughs> when you say he's a philosophical no. question for you too, which <laughs> really threw us. Yeah, really threw us. You, Brian, uh, Brian, is this a... He's come under a little bit of pressure. Is, he, is this a make or break one? Well, this is a big draft for West Coast, isn't it? Like they've reached a point where if they get this one right, it won't be too bad. And if they get this yeah. one wrong, it could be um, an extended period down the bottom. You're glass half full. You're glass half full about West Coast, don't you? I think they'll spike this year. Oh, sorry, next year. What, what a spike means, I don't know. Like it could be seven to 11 wins. I don't think they can quite get to the eight. No. I worry about the year after. So this is why they've got to get this one right. Yep. There you go. Mark Duffield. And uh, interesting enough, I saw Lockie Reed reported, I don't know if it's been in the paper or not, that uh, Elliot Yeo's got a calf as well. Oh, no. Mm. And what, that, what do you uh, call it? Oh, calf injury. Right, righto. <laughs> <laughs> they've all got calves. Isn't it Luke Shuey got a calf too? And then uh, we see him... Training. Yeah, well, he was running. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was as bad as uh, first reported. But anyway, hey, Jason Scrivener's going to join us next. And don't forget, if you want to win free McCafe coffee for a year, visit the My Maccas app because uh, that's how you do it. And McCafe coffee is the best in the business. And there's some bad coffee around, but let me tell you, not McCafe coffee. Jason Scrivener in Queensland, back in Australia, has been back in WA. He'll join us next ahead of the Australian PGA Championship up there at Royal Queensland. 
Well, it is in the middle of the Australian Golf Tour, of course, and we're heading up to Queensland now because it is the Australian PGA Championship. It starts on Thursday at Royal Queensland, and then, of course, so then it's followed by the Australian Open. And it's great to have Jason Scrivener back in Australia, of course, the West Aussie man who uh, based himself, well, lives in America, but basically plays on the DP World Tour in Europe. But he's been he's back in Australia, which is absolutely brilliant. Jace, appreciate your time. Um, how are you hitting them? Not too bad, yeah. So I've had uh, had three weeks uh, back back in Perth, which has been really nice, and uh, yeah, looking forward to the next couple of weeks. You come off having played in Portugal, which is probably your best performance for a while. You finished in a, in a top twenty finish, which was nice, and picked up some handy cash. Uh, what was the turnaround there after a couple of miscuts? Uh, had a, had a bit of a neck injury a couple of months ago, and that kind of set me back. Uh, missed, missed a couple of cuts after that, um, but yeah, just kind of. Slowly working on the game and, and turning things around, but um, all in all, the game feels pretty pretty solid. Tell us about the move to Orlando, mate. Uh, as Goss said, you know, you're in West Australian, really. But the move to Orlando with the uh, with the boss Simone and uh, and also your eight month old bub in in Felix. How's it been over there? It's been yeah, a big big change early in the year moving over there. So um, yeah, a lot going on, but yeah, really enjoyed over there. It's, it's minimised my travel quite a lot to Europe and. Um, I'm going to try playing the States the next couple of years as much as possible. So, um, yeah, all in all, really enjoying it. So how does that get you into the States? What's the plan? I mean, just to, for, for, the, for, the, for the layman out there, how do you decide from going from predominantly as a European tour player to, to playing in the States? How do you get that ticket in? Uh, I think just being over there, having the opportunity to play when, when the opportunity arises is probably the big thing. Um, but for mainly next year, I'll focus on Europe. And um, if, I, if I can play well in Europe, you know, it opens a lot of doors um, towards the PGA Tour. So that's the goal over the next couple of years. And, um, yeah, just, just the environment over the States, you know, it's very competitive. So there's a lot of good players um, that I'm seeing on a daily basis. So it's... Yeah, it's just good for my game all around. Hey, I know you're still chasing that first uh, European Tour win. Uh, you know, you're approaching 200 starts there, but you did have that incredible finish uh, behind Tyrrell Hatton at Abu Dhabi, and and I think you finished ahead of you know the likes of Tommy Fleetwood and Rory McIlroy. Is that as good as a performance of of your career? That I mean, you won your pocket a serious coin. It got you over over, over the over the million dollar mark, so to speak. But I mean, is that was was that the best golf you've probably played in the, in your time on the European Tour? Yeah, probably for the four days. Yeah, that probably I would say that's um, some of the best golf I've played for sure um, in an event against some of the best players in the world. So, yeah, the big that was a big turning point for me just to for me to realise that I can compete at the highest level. So, um, yeah. Hopefully we can do a bit more of that in the next uh, next few years. Now, Jason, I'm going to play on Thursday. I'm going to play on Saturday. And I'm going to probably get out of the car, grab my clubs, put them in a cart and go to the first and wonder <laughs> why I've shanked it off the uh, off number one. You're playing Thursday. It starts Thursday, Australian PGA. What's your lead-up? What are you doing today? Uh, so I'm going to play uh, nine holes today. See, see the back nine. I played nine holes yesterday. Um and they do a bit of practice after the round today. Just get used to the greens and the surroundings uh, around, the, around the course. And then I'll play the 18-hole Pro-Am tomorrow um, and have a final look at the course before teeing it up Thursday. So yeah, there's a fair bit that goes into it, um, and they're always pretty busy weeks. How much practice we do after your nine holes today? How many balls will you hit? 
Um, I'll probably do maybe 45 minutes of putting. I'll do 45 minutes of chipping, and then I'll hit balls for maybe an hour. So you probably hit 50 balls in, in that, 50 to 60 balls. Might have me covered there, gosh. Well, see, I go to Wim- I go to Wembley and I and I get the unlimited card thing, you know, and I just hit as many as I can. I look in there, I go after about two hundred, I go, gee, I'm tired. There he is, he's only hitting sixty in three yeah. hours. Yeah, What's going on there, mate? Just, come on, Jason. It's all about quality, quality, not quantity. Get bang for your buck, mate. Hey, <laughs> quality—that's something, something that we don't have. So, what's uh, what's the secret to uh, to this week, Jason? What are you going to do really, really well at Royal Queensland? Uh, so it's fairly wide off the tee. It's going to be. It looks like it's going to be quite windy. So um, the approach play into the greens is going to be really important. And then um, you're not going to hit because the greens are quite undulating and it's going to be quite firm. Uh, a short game is going to be really important. So chipping and putting is going to be pretty key. Uh, but I think yeah, it's just this sort of golf course you got to do do everything well. So um, yeah, looking forward to it. It's the first time I've played in Australia for three years. So it's, oh wow. Um, yeah, really, really good to be back playing tournament golf here. Yeah, thanks to COVID, I would imagine. Yep, yep, for sure. Okay, the Great Divide, you've got to talk about it. The Great Divide, Live and European and PGA and all that sort of stuff. And Rory's been the vocal, uh, the, the mouthpiece for for the non-Live players. And Cam Smith's, you know, as we know, is an absolute superstar of Australian golf and world golf and uh, and the like. Where do you sit on all of this? Do you just play and try and stay out of it? You look like you're sort of a, you sound like, and you are, very much an under-the-radar type of guy. You don't want to get caught up in the crosshairs. Yeah, I try not to talk about too much about it, but um, look. Ultimately, I think, in my opinion, competition is good. Uh, it's kind of it's made all the tours around the world kind of step up and mm. pick up their game. Um, and yeah, I think it's for us players. Ultimately, it's a it's a good thing. You know, another tour, more money going around. Um, but yeah, it's um, definitely a controversial subject. And, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting couple of years. Yeah, well, Mark Leishman's a funny one, isn't he? Because he just said, no, he said, I'm going to go straight away. I want to play less and make more. That's, that's what that's what, yeah. that's what business yeah. is. That's what. Do you subscribe I to think, that? Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, for most people, if you can work less and make more money, it's a no-brainer. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> just common sense. But um, yeah, look, I think everyone's got their reasons and what they want to do. But you can't, I don't think you can really blame the guys for, for taking the opportunity. What's your stance on Greg Norman? Obviously, he was a hero to or so many people uh, as he when he played, and uh, he was at one stage my favourite golfer ever. Of course, you're spending the majority of your life in Australia uh, watching him come through. What's your stances on him? Obviously, on the back of I mean, Rory's not a massive fan at the moment. We can, we're, we're just, yeah. I'm just getting that feeling. Uh, where you sit with Greg Norman? I mean, I don't know him personally, um, but, you know, I think anyone in that position is going to be loved and hated to a certain degree. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's he's doing a good job, you know, um, ruffling some feathers and, and firing everyone up. But um, looks like he's doing a pretty good job for them at the moment. So, yeah, I can't really comment too much on, on him personally, but, um, yeah, I think he's... Um, he's Probably the right person in the job um, at the moment. Hey, Jason, uh, Jason Scrivener, our guest, Australian golfer, WA golfer, of course, playing up there in Queensland. The PGA Championship starts Thursday at the Royal Queensland Club and then to the Aussie Open. Uh, just it, it does when you, when you Google Jason Scrivener, it says that you love a, following the Australian cricket team. 
Well, a lot of people used to love following the Australian cricket team. It seems to have gone a little bit wobbly in recent times with the support network of, of the Aussie team. Are you still as passionate as you were way back then? Uh, yeah, it's hard to keep track of it, to be honest, when I'm overseas. But, yeah, definitely when I come home, I love watching um, all forms of cricket. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's obviously, I think, since Langer's uh, got the boot, I think it, things have changed a bit. But, um, yeah, can't wait to watch a bit of the uh, Big Bash over the, over the summer. Yeah, nice work by you. Go the Mighty Scorchers. Hey, mate, appreciate your time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so we're, we're a bit the same. Once Langer's gone, we've, our interest has waned somewhat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you probably get that vibe when you're in Perth <laughs> over the last three weeks, Jase. Hey, mate, hit them yeah. well, hit them straight, and uh, good to have you back in Australia. As you said, first time in three years you've played in a golf tournament. All the very best, mate, and we look forward to seeing you wherever you play, whether it be in the US, on the European Tour, uh, DP World Tour, or in Australia. We always follow Jason Scrivener. Thanks for joining us this morning. Awesome. Thanks, guys. There's Jason Scrivener out to have a bit of a hit, of course. Practice. Uh, yeah, having practice. a practice. It's a strange concept. He's a, he's a, he's a bit like me, uh, but he's I'm a 13-hole golf type of guy. <laughs> yeah. no, I play you can't 13. storm off after 13. No, you can certainly hot. storm off any time you like if it's too hot. This is Scotty Ingoss. <laughs> won the toss at the SCG and decided to bat. Why do we say elected when we talk cricket? They go elected to bat. I didn't elect, they decided to bat. Maybe they had a vote. <laughs> won, the, won the toss and batting. Our man Teague Wiley did get a game, even though he was undecided yesterday, the 18-year-old. Bat number three. And Charlie Stobo, who's a New South Welshman, 27-year-old fast bowler, is making his Shield debut for WA. Played in a one-day, I reckon, last year and took five for against South Australia. Ooh. He's 27. He's a New South Wales boy. Go, so go. Bancroft and Whiteman are at the crease. Hey, tomorrow, as as this for a lineup. Adam Peacock from Qatar, straight after the Socceroos play France. Safe to say he wouldn't have had a couple. There's no chance. Ash Barty will join us. Really? Yes. Ash? James Cummings, racing royalty. Wow. Best we brush up. 23 degrees right now. Going to be 34. Not a great day to be wearing a crisp white shirt and driving around meeting people. And There will be a spare one in the car. <laughs> you jinxed me last week when it got hot, got 31, and you said, what are you wearing that big, thick shirt for? You said, how long before you have to change that? And I said, oh, a little later in the afternoon. Got to about 20 past nine. I had to duck home for a fresh one. <laughs> <laughs> Never make you run too early, mate. Uh, I tell you what, it's tough going at the. Uh, we just heard uh, from New South Wales and WA. Uh, Whiteman nine off twenty-two, and Cam Bancroft hasn't scored off eighteen balls. What are they? None, None for nine. nine after half an hour at the SCG. It's triple del del yell ups. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have for three. Third grade school. Mark Duffield. Mark Duffield. He's, he's, he's digging around trying to find out if we can get someone from Del Yellup and find out what the real Del story Yellup. was. Yes. Uh, hey, well done, boys. Fantastic stuff by you. Slow start, but you finished strong, as always. <laughs> Special K. And also to our man. Keep it a modest little clip. But why not? Nah, uh, should we jump on getting complacent? <laughs> In case they get recruited elsewhere. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, we will. Look James Cummings, Ash Barty, uh, and. Uh, Adam Peacock from the World Cup. Thanks for your company. Mark Duffield in after 8 o'clock. Stay with us. Catch you tomorrow from 6.